Hi, everybody, and welcome to Will This Be On The Test? I'm Maddie. And I'm Austin. And we're here today to talk about something you should have learned in school, but didn't learn, didn't learn fully, or didn't learn correctly. And sometimes we talk about being able to go out in the world again. Yeah, although we didn't do a ton of that this week. Last week, last week I did. You you got to go to lunch. That was two weeks ago. That was two weeks ago? We talked about that last week. Oh my gosh. I Time has no meaning. Time has no meaning. There was actually an article about how COVID has like changed how we perceive time. But I also think I talked about that last week. Yeah. If you hear a noise in the background, uh, there's a very loud lawnmower going. Yeah. Suburbs. That's great. This has been a turd of a week. Yeah. We were planning on going back to our old format this week with Austin doing one, me doing one. And then my week... Both of our weeks have sucked, to be fair here. Yeah. But my week turned into me not having a single free moment to even like read the book I got at the library that I've been wanting for a long time. I mentioned it a few episodes ago when we were talking about how kids learn to read, I think, where there's nothing wrong with judging a book by its cover. And I've got that uh, one of, excuse me, that one of us is lying book because I really liked the cover. I don't know if I like the book yet or not. Because I haven't had time to read it, let alone do any research. Any free moment I had was basically me having a panic attack this week. It's like, you got a free second? All right, panic attack time. So it is just an Austin-centric week yet again. Hopefully it'll either be a me only next week to make it fair, or we will be back to normal next week. We don't know which one yet. Definitely one of the two. I mean, I'd say I'd go back to both of us again. I really, I miss that format. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot more. I like the back and forth. I like learning new stuff on both sides. And I feel like this week, maybe I'll be able to get my life together a little bit. Although, oh no, we did go out a couple times this week. We visited my family again. Oh yeah. Uh, my grandma, you know, said there would be cake. So obviously we had to go over We showed there. up for cake. Actually, though, my grandparents are awesome. They're pretty fun. Like we would have showed up even if she said, even if she said there was no cake and would never be cake again, we probably would have shown up. Yeah. Austin and my grandpa are best friends. He is so cool. <laughs> and I want to be my grandma when I grow up. You, I don't think you can. She is her own thing. And I'm also too much like my grandpa, I think. But my <laughs> grandma is one of those people who just enjoys, chooses to enjoy as much as she possibly can. Like, this is a lady who, well, t- I, I don't think I'll ever be the kind to talk to total strangers on the subway or anything like that. But she is the kind of person who can get strangers on subways to not only talk to her, but to like sing with her. And actually not be annoyed by the fact that this lady is talking to them. And, um, but my, you know, my ultimate plan is to live in a van and drive across the country and Austin's not invited. It's okay. I'm going to get my own van because first of all, van bathrooms, gross. Second of all, I like having a kitchen. You cannot have a kitchen in a van unless it's a food truck. Why do you think that I'm planning on having a van that has a bathroom in it? Why do you think I'm not planning on stopping at rest stops? And because like you live there, it's like you can't always have a bathroom. And third of all, you can't drive across mountains. So I'll you'll be go... stuck in the Midwest. No, no, I can drive all the way to the East Coast without having to go over any real mountains, and there are ways around most of the mountainous areas going west. Okay. It's just a long way, and if I live in a van, it doesn't matter. Hey, you were just saying one of the other podcasts you listen to, the one of the podcasters lives in a van and loves it. Yeah, and she's also obsessed with cannibals. So, you know, I mean, she might not be the most stable person. Austin. We are also obsessed with cannibals. Not cannibals, but everything else in my life is true crime, so. <laughs> yeah. So Austin is uh, talking about stuff this week. What do you got to talk about? Okay, well, speaking of obsessions and things that people talk about all the time, 
I like to talk about exploration and stories about like when people go and explore, you know, people go go play go places for the first time, uh, struggling against the elements to seek out new life and new civilization, to boldly go where no man has gone before. I love that stuff. Haven't they changed that? It doesn't now it says to to uh, go where no one has gone before to make it inclusive. I think it has. Because Star Trek has always been ahead of its time and just didn't think about it at the time. Yeah. I think yeah. so. Also, not only do I love the, like, the exploration stuff, I love it when it goes real bad. I have a like morbid curiosity for when people like decide to, you know, hey, we're going to go explore the Arctic and their ships get trapped in ice and they have to resort to cannibalism. Or like, you know, the Russian space program goes wrong or a guy goes camping and gets lost in the woods or uh, Captain Cook gets murdered in the most satisfying way is because it, he was an asshole. Is it really murder in that case or is that vengeance? I think it might have been justice. Yeah, justice and vengeance, more or less the same yeah. thing. Revenge and vengeance, not the same thing. And I just, I, I like it. And we do learn a bunch about explorers in school. I mean, mostly the people who discovered America when there were already people here and introduced things like disease and just awfulness. We learn about them, but we also learn about people who like were the first to climb mountains or like chart out rivers or find lost ruins and stuff like that. But there's an entire branch of exploration that we don't really learn about or really talk about. And that is spelunking or caving or cave exploration or people mapping out caves and caverns. Okay, well, I appreciate the need to map out caves and caverns. I don't understand doing it for fun. And maybe, because I'm not claustrophobic. I always thought I was, but it turns out I'm not, because uh, I love MRIs. Please give me an MRI every day. I will sleep. But I don't know if it's because I just inherently know something bad's going to happen, or because I'm just too fat to do it. <laughs> Well, I mean, there's lots of caves. You can... I've been in some caves before. I mean, I have too. I've gone to like, you know, the ones by the Ozarks. I can tell you what a stalactite versus a stalagmite is. Yeah, there's like, lots of caves and stuff, but like those are ones where you're just, you're walking around. These are like people who go into caves where they're half submerged. They're having to swim through tunnels. Yeah, why? They're crawling through and squeezing through things. And I understand the need it's... to map these out. I do not understand the need to do them for fun. And with the ones who map them out, I have a feeling they're like, oh, humans can't fit through here. Let's just leave a mark that says humans cannot fit and then go back. Yeah, they just like, and, you know, it's like, first of all, it's cold, it's wet, it's claustrophobic, it's dark, it's dangerous. And it's never really had, like, the popularity. <laughs> Sorry, you just described a club. <laughs> Except for the cold part. Cold and damp? It's damp, it's dark, it's dangerous, it's cramped, it's claustrophobic. You just described clubbing, except for the cold part. <laughs> I mean, there's some cold clubs out there. Ever, ever been to Ice Flow? I don't go to clubs. Remember what happened last time we went to a club? Ugh, gross. So, yeah, caving has never been as popular as, like, mountain climbing, because, like, you know, it's more visible and say it's like, oh, cool, that's the tallest mountain? Absolutely, you climb that. It's amazing. With caves, it's like, you don't know how deep they go, so you have to, like, try and f find it. And caving has, because of this, always been more of a <sighs> underground hobby. I hate you. I hate me, too. And unless you're, like, super involved in caving no one's going to be impressed by something unarguably impressive that you have done because like this you have this specific horrifying hobby 
And no one knows about it because when you've bottomed a cave, side note, I think a reason why caving never got as popular as like mountain climbing is just a series of unfortunate names. Like getting to the bottom, getting to like to the end of a cave is called bottoming it. So people are brag about, bragging about big bottoming and stuff like that. And then there's just so many unfortunate names of all of these caves and caverns. Like uh, Gingling Hole, uh, Knee Wrecker Passage. Mm. Knacker Trapper Hole, Beelzebub's Hairy Ring Piece. Okay, do the people who like find these get to name them? Because you and I would absolutely give them names like this. Yeah, yeah. So I think people who find them get to name them. That's hilarious. Well, and this, these are the names they come up with. What was it that like big ship that people voted to name, and they voted uh, Bodie McBoatface? Bodie McBoatface, but they were, but like, and it was like this big PR campaign, and they didn't name it Bodie McBoatface because they suck. It's like, come on, what did you expect? This was the internet. Nothing good comes from the internet, except for our podcast. So yeah, these like awful names, or oh, Lady Blue's Underwater Fantasy. Now that's a name of a club I would open. Like even, there's like a UK caving organization that fully acknowledges how ridiculous the names are. Uh, Do they also acknowledge how ridiculous a lot of these town names are in the UK? Oh, yeah. Because UK town names are bonks. Yeah, they said like either the names are ridiculous, juvenile, or unpronounceably Welsh. (sighs) And it's like, if I risked my life squeezing squeezing through a dark cramped cave and i had and all i had to brag about was i got to bottom seagull's welly pot <laughs> which by the way uh seagull's welly is slang for a used condom found oh on my the beach god and they named this cave they found because they found a used condom at the entrance Okay, so a welly is a condom then. A welly, it's a like a rubber boot. I feel like I've heard yeah. that used for boots. Yeah, but, but I guess but since boots are rubber, I guess they in could also... some areas, uh, seagull's welly is slang for a used condom found somewhere. A used condom found on the beach specifically, because or just a used condom, you just find one seagull's welly. I like the idea of it being specific to the beach. Yeah, and it's just I would be so embarrassed to talk about this thing. It's like, oh yeah, I did this, and then having to explain that it's not disgusting or weird. I mean, it is kind of disgusting or weird based on how you described just the process earlier as like cold and cramped and damp and having to swim. And we all saw what happened with that boys soccer team not long ago. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'm actually getting into that, too. What was that? I guess, that, well, I guess it was long ago now. It was three, three years ago. And they wouldn't let Elon Musk and his lizard army help. It's like, well, I've made this. Uh, you can use some of my stuff. It's like, this is worthless and will kill people. How dare you, you pedophile? It was one of the internet's weirder chapters. Elon Musk is not a good person. Yeah, and he's not a good actor, as we learned from Saturday oh God, Night Live. So you could bad. see the other actors on Saturday Night Live just like, why are we here? And I, I definitely, this ep- that episode... We didn't talk about what we saw on SNL this last week, though. Oh, yes. Okay, so... You know how much we love Taylor Swift over here. Yeah. And so I was I was like, Austin, we got to watch SNL. I heard Olivia Rodrigo gave a really like cool performance. And so she did driver's license, but she's changed the tone. The words are the same, but she's changed the tone of it just a little bit. The way the the way she says the words and the way she gives this look, that boy had better watch the fuck out because she is driving past his house waiting yeah oh, it was an amazing it was like t- it was like jumping straight to bad blood taylor swift style and yeah we were both like here for it we loved it it's like yes you go her other song was good too but like yeah. watching her watching the rage on that 18 year old face i'm like i feel you girl it's like oh shit it's like you 
this boy I'm needs a, to. I'm afraid of you now. This boy needs to apologize to everyone involved. So yeah, and really like also because you know cave exploration, no one cares. Uh, big discoveries never make the news. The only thing that ever really like gets on the news is when it goes wrong and becomes a disaster. Like when people get stuck, people die, like a cave-in happens, someone gets injured. Or that meme that goes around of uh, people who go missing and then the where the cave systems are in the US and how they're, they're basically the same. They're trying to trace it to like murders or something. And I'm like, or they just walked into a cave. Or, or it's cave people. Did you ever see the movie Descent? I don't think so. Oh my God, it's the best. It's basically a bunch of like, uh, hashtag girl boss adventure women decide they're going to go explore an unexplored cave and there's an accident in a cave in, so they have to go through it and they find out that this cave is infested with like blind, like cannibal mutants who eat meat and are hunting them through sound. And it's a dark, claustrophobic, just great horror movie. All right. Yeah, I guess I know what we're watching later. We got a lot of horror to get through. Yeah. And I'm going to talk about one of the most famous uh, caving disasters in history. Uh, It was the 1967 Mossdale Cavern tragedy, which happened in the United Kingdom. And it has a normal name. Yeah, this has a normal name. Maybe that's the problem. That's that's it's, you know, it lured them in with its calm name when it was actually a nightmare. So let's talk about this cave. This cave is in the Yorkshire Dales. It's north of a town called Grassington. Uh, It's a limestone cavern formed at one end of the Grassington Moor. It has a large stream throwing through it, and eventually the water from the stream resurfaces in a like kind of a pool called the Black Keld, 2.7 miles away and about 768 meters lower in elevation. Meters. 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 Speak American, damn it. Yards. Yards and meters are not the same, even They're I know that. They're almost the same. So, uh, yeah, this cave has about four miles of mapped passages, and it's just, it's not good. There's like, in 1941, a man named Bob Leakey, <laughs> who worked in airplane manufacturing uh was like trying to he and a friend had theorized you know what i bet there's a cave around here because the stream just kind of disappears into the rock and they think i bet there's a cave we could probably find a cave here so they looked for it for a while and eventually the story goes he found it when he dropped his pipe and when he went to grab it he found the entrance and this is to mossdale cavern to mossdale cavern he didn't name it leaky hole he didn't name it leaky hole he missed an opportunity. It's uh yeah, he Leaky then decided to explore this cave as a way to confront his claustrophobia. Oh no. And again, this cave is a nightmare. It's like you're crawling half submerged for long stretches. There's almost no dry spaces. It's rocky, it's uneven, it's twisty, and it floods a lot. Like there's entire time stretches of time where you can't even get into this cave because the entrance is flooded. And but Bob made it his mission to fully explore this cave. Uh, he was wearing just regular old coveralls, boots, and most of the time he was doing it by candlelight. There are better ways to confront your claustrophobia, like closets. Yeah. And again, it's cold. Like, like way back in the past, like cable exploration was limited by the fact that if it was wet, you would get cold and have to stop because you'd get hypothermia. But Bob Leakey is like a freak. And he was just insensitive to cold. Yeah, that's the thing. So he could explore it for long periods of time. Sometimes he would even sleep in this cave. If he had been exploring too long and he needed to take a nap, he'd just take a nap in this cave. In fairness, Austin, you could do that. Oh, I don't think I could. Not here. You can fall asleep anywhere. Not here. Of course, I would I would not go in there. And so eventually he mapped out as much of this cavern as he could with the equipment available. And he started like talking about it as Britain's most difficult cave. And people saw his descriptions of it. And some people thought he was exaggerating. And some people said, oh, no, 
no, he's not. This is bad. Why do people want to do this? And they just mostly took his word that, yeah, this is a difficult cave. And it got a reputation as the most difficult cave and people would try and go to it and they'd like, just stop. It's like, no, this is awful. So it really got this reputation as like the Mount Everest of caving because of its sheer difficulty and danger and just strangeness. And of course, you know, they started calling Leaky the Sir Edmund Hillary of caving because he was the first one to like bottom this cave. But he survived and Hillary did yeah. not, right? No, Hillary survived. I thought he died in one of his... No, Sir Edmund Hillary, I think he like, he didn't die until like a few years ago. I thought his body was somewhere in one of these mountains. No, it's probably somewhat... There's lots of people on mountains. Uh, here's an, another note about Bob Leakey. Uh, he was also an amateur inventor holding 20 patents, including uh, something he called a leaky boat. <sighs> And some, I'm sorry, uh, we have a problem with Bodie McBoatface, but that's okay. Yeah. And he also developed a like collapsible lobster trap. And also, he ran for parliament in 2010 at the age of 95. Jesus Christ. He is the oldest known man to run for a British parliament. He did not win. No. Okay, I'm like... How is it not ageism to have a minimum adult age to be involved to be a president, but it's n it would be ageism to have a maximum? Huh. I don't know. But yeah. Edmund Hillary died in 2008 at the Auckland City Hospital in New Zealand. Yeah. Not on a mountain somewhere. Although I hope I would have been like, put my body on a mountain, make it make it a landmark. So that people have to like, like, there's Hillary. It's like, just pose me in a fun way and put me on a mountain. <sighs> So then in the 1960s, caving gained a ton of popularity uh, relative to before. It still wasn't a huge thing. And it was partly due to there was just better equipment. Uh, there was better lights. So they were lighter and had better batteries and like were more waterproof and better for caving. Uh, there was lighter nylon ropes you could use. There was aluminum equipment, which was lighter and more collapsible. So you weren't like trying to lug in ladders and stuff to get places. And there was the neoprene wetsuit, which helped people deal with the extreme cold and the hypothermia. Uh, there's also better transportation because, you know, you could just, you could own a car and just go to these places instead of like having to like hop on trains and get rides. So more people had transportation. It was easier to go out to these remote places to get to these caves. And again, yeah, wetsuits, huge boon, huge boon. So then we get to this actual incident happening, which happened on June 24th, 1967. Uh, at about 2 p.m., yeah, about 2 p.m., a group of 10 cavers in two groups went to this cave. One group of four was just going as far as a place called Rough Chamber and then coming back to the surface. They safely completed this journey by 5 p.m., so they spent three hours in this cave. But the other group, consisting of six men aged 17 to 26, uh, named Dave Adamson, Jeff Boreau, uh, Bill Franks, John Ogden, Michael Ryan, and Colin Vickers. Uh, they were going to the extreme end of the cave with explosives to try to clear a blockage and further explore what they hoped would be a much larger cave system. That seems unnecessary. Nature made this the way it's supposed to be. Mm. I mean, and I don't mean that in a why do you wear glasses way. I mean... Nature made this in a way where it's like, hey, this stops it from caving in on you. Yeah. And I mean, Bob Leakey had like cleared some rocks and boulders out of a place that like you used to have to like swim through it, but he cleared some debris. So it was enough that you could just kind of like still swim through it, but you could have air. Yeah. And like he had cleared debris out of there. So like there's that... a difference between debris and something you'd have to explode. Yeah. And they're also in a bit of a race against time because, you know, this cavern was known and people thought there was more to it. So these cavers were going down, being fully aware that a different caving group was going to be coming in a week to try to do the exact same thing they were. So they wanted to be first. 
I hate them. Yeah. And they also knew that there was a chance of rain that day. I feel like you and I have watched this movie. Oh, no. This entire thing would be an amazing movie, except for like, this this entire thing would be a movie. I could see it being a movie. Oh, I don't. I know it was a TV show, but it's a fairly recent one. So I'm not going to talk about yeah. what a TV show was. And so they are, they're still, they were in this cave knowing it could rain. And then it started raining and the weather changed very suddenly. It was a big storm and it dumped over an inch of rain in under three hours. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Dave Adamson's fiance, Morag Forbes, badass name, mm-hmm. was waiting for them at the surface because she had been in that first group that had gone in and come back out because she didn't want to go all the way into this cave because she had some common sense, I guess. Yeah. And so she had been like waiting nearby. When it started, when it started raining, she walked from this barn she had been sheltering in at a nearby farm back to the cave entrance to see that it was rapidly flooding. So she ran back to the farmhouse, managed to call authorities and began a very rapid like rescue response began because they thought that like, you know, the entrance floods, but we think there's going to be some places that'll stay dry back in this cave. That doesn't even, that does not make logical sense. Does not make any logical sense. And so they thought, yeah, there's going to be air pockets. We'll be fine. We can get to like higher places in this cave. If it's like, if it floods, we're going to be fine. But she went back and started this rescue process. And again, not only was this a race to keep them from drowning in this cave, but hypothermia was a serious danger just because of how cold this water was. Like, even in a wetsuit, you can't go that long, under, like, submerged in water that, that that's this cold. You can't. So the people actually got to work really quickly. Like, fire trucks, tractors, like, everyone from town who was available came up to help in this rescue effort. They had the fire trucks were using their pumps to try and pump water out. Uh, they dug a diversion ditch that was 100 feet long, 10 feet wide, and 6 feet deep. These guys are, like, on it. Yes. Uh, some of them didn't even have tools. They were digging with their hands, and they even built a makeshift dam that was over 70 feet long and used tens of thousands of sandbags. So, it's like, this reminds me of that whole town getting together to help save those boys. You know, I know you're going to talk about it a little bit, but those the soccer the soccer team. Yeah. Even though people lost their entire farms because of it, they were like, I know it's my entire livelihood, and I'm probably going to starve to death, but at least the boys aren't dead, and they were like sincere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this, and again, for like the authorities, cave rescues were actually a fairly regular thing. <laughs> um, and they were usually able to get people out alive. Like there was, you know, the press would come out and they'd get like the photo of like the embarrassed caver and the triumphant rescuers coming out of this cave. But this cave was different. There were no clear blueprints for this cave. And it had a reputation. And no one actually knew if there was a safe that, place that was safe from this water. Nobody knew. And, like, they even contacted, like, cave rescue organizations who started just calling every known caver who lived in the immediate area to see if they could get come, someone to come out and rescue them. They even started calling pubs where people who went caving regularly met. Because the only people who can get in there to rescue them, who have the knowledge and, like, the skills, are these cavers. And all of them were like, hell no, this is the dumbest thing anyone could yeah, do. Yeah, this, this is a bad cave. Like, no one wanted to go into this place. And so this was a nightmare for, like, the rescuers. It's like... Oh, like we need it's to get like to... saying, I'm going to go explore the Winchester mansion without a map. See you soon. Uh Oh, and just like people say, like, I don't want to be in this cave. Like this is dangerous. They could end up having to rescue more people, but we need to get in there to rescue these people. Do so, you though? Yeah. Because this sounds like some Darwinism right here. Yeah. Uh, so by morning, the dam and pump had actually drained enough from the entrance. A rescue could be attempted. The cavers who had been in there and left earlier in the day uh, were had come back to help with the rescue and the attempts. And so did the 41-year-old Jim Eyre, who was a legend amongst the UK caving community. 
it was like if there was some sort of like drag based catastrophe and RuPaul showed up to lead the rescue. <laughs> like he was the big name uh-huh. in this. And Dave Adamson had actually asked Jim Eyre to join him on his expedition when they're going down to this cave. And he'd refused because he looked at Mossdale Cave as a death trap, just waiting to be sprung. And he thought that young ca- these young cavers were playing Russian roulette with nature and they were being too nonchalant with such a nonchalant with such a dangerous cavern. No shit. Yeah. But he showed up for the rescue effort. He yeah. was leading it. I mean... They were uh, dragging phone lines for communication behind them. So that way, if something went wrong, they could get immediate communication. And uh, so they could warn any trouble with the dam or if the rain was picking up or if there's any type of other danger, they could communicate with the surface. And they set up camp in that uh, that rough cavern. Set up camp there. Which, by the way, while they were coming in, uh, the cave had been clearly filled completely with water. There was foam clinging to the ceiling. So they knew that this place had com- filled completely where they had been. They so they didn't... were not anticipating a rescue mission at this point. Well, when they reached the rough chamber, uh, they had where the other cavers had turned around before. Uh, some people thought they heard voices ahead and the sound of splashing water, which since there was no more water coming into the cave, if something was splashing, that meant that there was something moving. So they thought they heard this ahead of them. It's the Loch Ness Monster. Maybe. It's where she summers. Yes. And so they were getting ready to go ahead, but none of them had ever been further than this point. This is the furthest any of them had ever been in this cave. So they started going forward and they pushed on through a 900 foot long, 10 inch high, two foot wide passage called Far Marathon Passage. I could not fit through that. No, absolutely not. Because I'm holding up an eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper. Yeah. That's about this tall. I know. I'm like trying to imagine... We've got one friend who could fit through that, and she's mm-hmm. smart enough to not go caving in the first place. Oh, no, absolutely not. And just, and this is the point where they found five bodies, all of whom had drowned in this narrow passage. Because it looked like this had been where they were when the water finally started rising and they realized there was a problem. But they did not find John Ogden. Were there six or seven? I thought there were there seven were, of them. There were six. I thought there were seven. Yeah. So they did not find John Ogden. But at this point, they were getting message word that the dam was failing. Like people were literally standing in the stream holding the dam up because the water pressure was building behind it and things were falling apart. Oh God, we saw a little bit of that when we went to New Orleans and it wasn't even nearly this bad. Yeah. So the rescue team had to get out immediately because it took like an hour for them to even get this far. So they had to get out right away. So they exited, and then, after their expert and they were trying to shore up the dam and make it safe for a rescue team to go back in again, Bob Leakey, who is now 53 years old, showed up on the scene to help. The preeminent expert on this cave. The man who had spent the most time in it. The man most famous for this cave. And he just comes in and says, I declare all of this dumbassery, you guys should just go home, and then left. Yeah. So they managed to shore up the dam further, and they were able to go back in on Monday. Because all this had started on a... On Saturday night was when it started raining. It's all day Sunday and like them going through the rescue. They are finally able to send in a second party to search on Monday. Oh, those five bodies are smelling by now. Mm-hmm. And again, because it was such a narrow passage, it was hard to even get past the bodies. Like you're having to crawl over and past them and squeeze past bodies. Yeah, I'm thinking like your options here are really to drag them out probably would be the easiest or push them in. Yeah. But like... Leaving them there the first time is the way to go because maybe they'll help block some of the water from getting yep. into the cave where the other guy might be. Yeah, but they were unable to find John Ogden. Ever? 
after after on Monday. Uh, Leaky after this never went caving again. No, he's not an idiot. Yeah. So there were uh, cave experts who had declared that John Ogden's body had simply been washed deeper into the cave and would never be found. But Tuesday, a rescue team did find Ogden's body near the other bodies. He had climbed up a narrow fissure that was barely wider than his body, trying to crit chase a pocket of air. Um, they weren't sure if he had asphyxiated up there or something else, died of hypothermia or drowned. They weren't ever able to determine it because they had to get out. And they determined that all six men had died in the cave before the rescue could even be launched. Oh, I'm sure. And like, except for maybe John Ogden, depending on how he maybe, died. Maybe. And the tragedy was all over the news because. And Morag is up there like, you should have listened to me, dumbass. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just because in the past, the rescues had been like good, feel good news. It's like these brave people, these brave people went in and rescued these people who'd gotten lost or trapped or injured. And it was this, you know, this harrowing story of survival and just a good, a feel good story of like, hey, we got them out. This is great. And it's like a little bit of like also national pride, too. It's like because, you know, it's the United Kingdom. They don't have lots of treacherous mountains wild rivers or like untamed wildernesses but we do have fearless young men who risk their lives in caves this is something that like adventurous that we can say we do and it's just a kind of a feel-good story but it wasn't this time they were never even able to recover the bodies yeah i kind of figured they'd have to leave them there because by the way um tangent so you know how man on mount everest people climb that every year yeah uh yeah, if you die up there, your body stays up there. Yeah, it has to. And you're, and also, people just leave garbage up there. Mount Everest is covered in corpses, garbage, and bags of frozen shit. Oh, no, the worst one that I've heard is that there was there is a body up there that was alive when they found her. I think it was a her. And she was like, help me. And they were like, we legitimately cannot. Like, mm -hmm. And because they're like, if we grab, and I can't remember though why they couldn't help if it was their arrogance when I need to get to the next spot or if they couldn't get to the next spot while carrying her. It's like, you know, it's like, you can't get down carrying someone. You have to get up and down on your own power. And if you can't, like, there's no help at all for you. Yes, like, I know. She, I know there's one that was still alive um, when they found her. Yeah, and like I just can't even imagine like ha like making that decision to leave someone who is still able to speak and is just like real fucking cold, guys. Yeah, so there's just tens of tons of garbage on Everest and bodies. Yeah, it's maybe we should like stop. Yeah, it's this weird like adventure tourism is kind of like ruining the. Mount Everest, and it's adventure it's tourism gross. is ruining a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, for the sake of Instagram, I think it's so funny when they like go to these like places that turn out to be nothing but chemical spills and like get in them. Like, look at the pretty color of the water. They're like, hi, yeah, now you've got radiation oh God, poisoning. Like, yeah, the people, it, the people in oh God, Chernobyl. Because after that show came out, all the Instagrammers went to Chernobyl and, and exposed like, themselves down. Exposed but themselves no, to dangerous I, levels of radiation. No, I was talking about like there's a specific like bright green, I think, pond somewhere that people, you know. You can go and you can look at it, but you're not supposed to stay very long. The worst one, though, is somebody let their dog go into it. Oh, no. I'm like, your dog did not ask for this. Yeah. So they weren't able to recover. They uh, did three years later. They were able to go into this cave again, and they were able to move the bodies to a side passage that was later renamed the Sanctuary, which, ironically enough, does stay dry when it when the cave floods. Oh, no. Yeah. Granted, six bodies five years later or whatever probably couldn't fit six bodies in that place when they're all alive. No. 
Maybe could maybe you could have fit the one person in there, but maybe. but yeah, it's that's a it's a sizable passage. They might have been able to fit there. They might not have had air to breathe for long, but yeah. So after at that point, a funeral surface was held. A funeral service was held on the surface for the young men down there. And uh, the authorities requested the cave be sealed mm-hmm. and respected as a grave. It hasn't been. No. Um, if you got, you can go down to YouTube and you can see videos of people trying to go through this cave. It's terrifying. Like I'm just like, well, why? It's like it's just. What happened to Morag? Morag, she's uh, she she survived. Um, her fiance died. That's really about all I saw. She about went her. on to make much better life choices. I'm sure. She was, you know, she was like, a young woman. I feel bad for her because, like, she would, like, there is no way she was not invited to go with the other group. And she oh. was like, guys, no, this seems really unsafe. I'm going to stay with these ones. Mm-hmm. And the fiance is like, no, I'm super tough. And she's like, come on, enjoy my hobby with me. We're just carrying explosives into a narrow cave. What's the worst that could happen? Yeah. And she's like, um, a lot of worse things could happen. Yeah. How about you stay with us? And he's like, no, I'm a big tough guy. Okay. Like, that might seem really mean, I guess. But Morag seems like a, a, a very wise lady. Yeah. So who could uh, very well still be alive, I'd guess. Yeah, she probably she probably is. This was only 1960s. she was in her she was in her twenties, and this was fifty years ago. Yeah, she probably still loved. So uh, here's another tangent. So we've been watching a lot of Supernatural, uh-huh. and holy shit, this would make a crazy fucking episode of Supernatural. Just ghosts in a cave. No, we have that one. We we have had a ghost in the cave episode. But we're like they're in a cave and there's ghosts and they're trying to find where a body was lost and. No, they were trying to get from one spot to another. Yeah, they had to go through a cave, but it it wasn't ghosts. It was monsters. Okay, but still, man, ghosts in the cave or monsters in the cave because that's like that's what the movie Descent is. It's good. Watch Descent, I guess, is my... As opposed to that French movie that everybody was supposed to like, and you and I didn't. The, uh, uh... As Above, So Below. Yeah, why didn't we like that movie? I don't... It was, it was slow? It was, it was fine. It just wasn't exciting. I think it's, I think we've it... seen the trope before, so... Yeah, it's like, this is like, okay, okay. It had, it had lots of, like, just too much stuff was going on in it, I think. Mm. So, yeah. Okay, back on topic. So, after this tragedy, the uh, British Cave Rescue Council was formed, the BCRC. It is a volunteer rescue organization for coordinating cave rescue organizations, supporting them, and providing training and best practices for cave rescues. Uh, Elon in... Musk has not gone to these trainings. Oh, no. In 2020, they were involved in 47 rescues Jesus. underground, assisting... I'm sorry, six... in 2020, when you're not supposed to be going places? Um, it's... That's not outside, that is inside! It is inside. Yeah, uh, and it's not even inside. It's not even just inside. It's inside with no windows and no ventilation, and you cannot wear a mask because you really don't have that much oxygen to begin with. So yeah, uh, they were involved in forty-seven rescues underground, uh, assisting sixty-one people, and there were only three fatal- fatalities and nine injuries. Uh, they also work with surface res- op- rescue, uh, surface rescue operations in you know the United Kingdom, um, which you know apparently they're because. Their skills transfer, and the uh, the BCRC also helps internationally, and most recently were involved in the 2018 rescue in Thailand that we were talking about. They actually flew people out there because they are the like world experts on caving rescue. Yeah, rescues. I remember that there were a couple they sent down there that had to come back out because it was getting really dangerous. It was a lot like this. Yeah, like I think didn't they at least manage to get some food to them for a while? Like this yeah. is the best we can do right yeah, now. Yeah, they had a. They were sending in like I think it was Thai like special forces in cave driving rigs to bring them food and like stuff. I fully expected those boys to end up dead. Me too. I was, that was. I was not expecting it to end the way it did. Yeah. 
So this entire thing is such a nightmare for me. Like I had to take breaks when I was writing this because I am not especially claustrophobic, but apparently I've got my limits and this is it. It's like, just no. But even though I would not under any circumstances go into a cave that I have to squirm through in ice cold water, I kind of get it because people have always had this like urge to explore, go new places, find things, discover. I get it. I really do. But this just one is not for me. I would much rather like be in the Arctic or trying to outrun a grizzly bear in Yellowstone. Okay. This or scuba diving? Scuba diving. Really? 1000% scuba diving. I mean, it is for me too, um, except for the fact that I can't. Well, actually, I was actually thinking I might see if there's a place around here where I can try to get trained in it. Um, Last time I tried to go scuba diving, I didn't realize that my sinuses were completely crushed. And so my brain, not my brain, although my brain too. So, but my body couldn't equalize, but I've gotten that fixed. So maybe I can now. Maybe. And, but it also shows how seriously we need to take the dangers of places, even if we feel like we know it all and can be safe. Because there are people who every year who climb Everest who ignore weather warnings in their attempt to reach the summit for the gram and die every year. Much like how these cavers were aware that there was rain in the forecast and thought they could find a dry place in this cave to escape flooding. And it probably wouldn't be that bad anyway. With no evidence that there was a place. No to evidence it. of it. So I guess that's it. It's like, just like, you know, res- respect the dangers of the places you're going, I guess is really the moral of my story. Yeah. Respect. Like any place you go is going to have dangers. Yeah. Like, I mean, just ask all the people who are locked in our basement. They thought they were just coming here to sell some stuff. I got, wait, did you feed them this week? You know I don't go in the basement. I told you I wasn't able to feed them this week. I thought you were going to do it. No, you know I don't go in the basement because of the ghosts. Well, there's more ghosts now. I hope you're happy. A week is fine. They can survive for like three weeks without food. And what is it like? Three days without water. Fine. Yeah. I didn't get, I got the, I got, I remember to get the cat's water. Oh, sorry, guys. Whoopsies. My bad. So, are you ready for questions now? Sure. All right. Will any of the ridiculous cave names be on the test? Probably some of the ones that don't mean dirty condom. <laughs> Will the fact that this was, like, this was almost a disaster movie, because like had, like, the guys, like, I'm never going in that cave, who ended up having to go into that cave to rescue them, and then, like, the old expert comes out of retirement for one last cave trip. We have a pair of Danny Glovers in here. We got two Danny... Danny- the Danny's Glover. I like seriously. That's like this. This would be an awful like adventure movie because getting nothing, too old for this it's shit. Not exciting, but it's got two Danny Glovers. So I feel like it'd be a great like disaster movie just for that alone. And yeah, will that be on the test that there were two Danny Glovers? You're asking me two different questions now. Yeah. If if would it be on the test that there were two of two guys in this case? Yes, but we're not supposed to know about the dual Danny Glovers. The fact that there is a full Danny Glover cloning program is a, is a government secret. So no, that would not be on the test. Yeah. And will the fact that they actually never recovered the bodies be on the test? Yeah. And will the fact that Everest is just covered in corpses and shit and garbage be on the test? I feel like, have we talked about Everest on this pod? On I feel pod like before? we have, but it bears repeating. Stop climbing Everest, you fucking monsters. Yeah, like. All we're doing is leaving litter and dead bodies that can't decompose. Oh, and also, like, you know how you're able to climb it? There's a bunch of just Sherpas who this is the only work they can really get. Who are having to risk their lives for your tourists doing all the dangerous shit so you can get a good photo for the gram. Yeah, it's it's like, God, I don't even know what to compare it to. It's like one step above indentured servitude. Yeah, it's it's not good. 
Like it's really I mean, not good. They're good at what they do. They're they're amazing. They but... they don't tend to die as often as the rest of us. They're the ones who are like, time to turn around, motherfuckers. But <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, that was my little thing on a horrifying cave. Yeah, we probably don't learn about caves as much in school because they don't want us to think that sounds like a great idea. Yeah, and just and you can't see the cave. It's like I think it I really is. I think you can see how big a mountain is and so you can visualize it, but with the cave it's like it's just a dark hole going down for a while. You can't like pick see it all at once and th- see how like big this is. Okay, I've seen mountains. I've been in mountains. I still can't fully visualize how big they are. Yeah. And it's because they are incomprehensibly big. And I'm talking like not Everest-sized mountains. Like, one's in Arizona or Colorado. Like, yeah. they're big, but they're not Everest. Oh, man. We need to go on vacation. Oh, my God. We need to get out of here. I know. I know. I would even go caving at this point. No, you wouldn't. I wouldn't. <laughs> I, okay, I would go to, like, as, as long as I don't have to crawl through water, I can do a cave. We should go to that really cheesy tourist one, like... Like outside what, of Branson what, like, or like, the Ozarks or oh whatever. God, like Crystal mam- Caverns. Crystal Caverns or like Mammoth Cave or... There's the salt caves in Lawrence. Oh, and in Hutchison. You'll... It's supposed to be like, get the toxins out of your body. <laughs> oh, also, okay. You know how you feel about toxins. So every year in Lamexa, they have something called the Moonlight Bike Ride. Oh, now we're really pinpointing where we live. Thanks. Yeah, fine. There's a thing called the Moonlight Bike Ride that when you ride on it, uh, you get to go down through some like some old limestone quarries underground, which they've converted into an office park. So there's just people who work underground in like office settings because they just like built like little offices in these underground quarries. Isn't there a whole city that's like that now? Yeah. Like it's like they just kept they they went down instead of up. And so and there's like a mall and like a whole city is underground. I can't remember where it is. Yeah, there's just old quarries that they've turned into offices and like you can just work in a cave. I mean, I kind of already do. You've seen my yeah. room. But still, it's like it kind of it does make sense because you save a lot of money on like, you know, HVAC because like you don't need to heat or air condition because like, you know, the ground stays about the same temperature. Uh, it's really good for computer stuff because it's generally cooler. So you don't need to spend as much time cooling servers and it's pretty protected from the weather. So, yeah. Do they have a shared workspace that I could eventually like rent a space in when I get bored of my oh, man. my walls? Uh, when we win the lottery, I'm just going to buy some caves and open up uh, whatever that stupid office that, well uh, we work but it's in a cave didn't we work go under oh yeah absolutely there's a documentary i kind of want to watch about we work like you know and it's funny they were just was there something super sketchy with them or was it just they were ahead of their time oh no there was something which? absolutely super sketchy and so, like the, there's a trailer about this thing and like how sketchy they were and it's like and he was just renting he's just renting commercial real estate this was nothing new he just had an app yeah because there are a lot of places that do that, like that is their entire company now. But I'm looking at it, I'm also thinking, you know where you can do all this for free? Why, your local public library. Absolutely. You can rent a study room and you can just work in it for free. Yep. Oh, man. I can't wait until my library reopens. See, I can't wait for that either because that means that I will 100% of the time have my car. Yeah, because I can ride my bike to work like a huge fucking nerd. I don't go anywhere. I don't know why having my car is so important to me. I feel it's just I want to escape and maybe like take the cats and run away and then go by my van and keep taking the cats and just end up where I want to end up and you live here now. Oh, yeah. Another reason why we can't live in a van. We have four cats. Yeah, no, I know. That's why this is not happening for a very long time. Unless, again, I think I figured it out. So you've got your van. Behind it is a trailer designed for the cats. There are people who travel in this way, who live in this way with a cat, but four cats now. And then driving behind you is me with my food truck so that I have a full kitchen. <laughs> so we, th- this is how we fund this entire thing yep. is your food truck. Honestly, I'm surprised no one's done that before. I mean, isn't that more or less what the Wienermobile is? <gasps> yes, it is. 
Okay, straight up, when I was looking for a job a couple years ago, the Wienermobile job opened up and they like to have a pair of people who already know each other to do it. And I was like, Austin, do you think your work would give you a leave of absence so we could drive the Wienermobile for a year? And we legitimately considered applying for this. I do imagine, imagine us driving the Wienermobile. Oh my God, it would be the best. It would be the best. And you'd have to drive through the mountains because it scares me. I would, oh my God, driving the Wienermobile through the mountains? Imagine if, oh, I can't imagine that. That sounds horrifying. Because mm-hmm. that does not look like it like handles well. And it's just like. I mean, I've seen it uh, driving around before. It looks like it handles okay. It's like probably a, you would need maybe, you wouldn't need a commercial license for it because you don't have passengers. It really, but it probably handles as well as your average um, smaller city bus. Okay. I hate to drive it. It's like, it sounds fun on the surface, but also driving the Wienermobile in traffic. Yeah, I mean, it would suck, but at the same time, what an adventure. That would be so, it would be cool. And we obviously, I think we'd just end up at all of the state fairs in the count, in the country. Oh, they just like stop in like random parking lots and shit sometimes. Ooh. Like I've seen them like at Walmart. <laughs> so yeah, I guess we should have just driven the Wienermobile. We should have driven the Wienermobile. It would have been in 20... <laughs> It would have been in 2020. No, we should not have driven the oh, Wienermobile. We, <laughs> we would have been driving the Wienermobile in the pandemic. Okay, never mind. I'm it either back would have been awesome or terrible, I'm and I don't ba- know which. One million percent back in driving the Wienermobile through the pandemic. That would have been a trip. Quite literally, yes. Yeah. It would have been a trip. <sighs> yeah. That's... I wonder, like, they must I, they must have kept going. I think I remember seeing some about that. So I just realized we've been talking about caves, and now we're talking about the Wienermobile. And Freud would have something to say about this. You and your Freudian obsession. Freud would have something to say about that, too. Yes, he would. He'd have something to say about lots of things. He likes to talk. Oh, so much. Mostly about how all you want is a tinkle. All, all you, you want need... is a schwang. All you need is a schwang. Oh. A thing through which you can tinkle or play with or, or merely let hang. Let hang. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we got to go figure out how we can watch the Friends reunion now. Because uh, I don't know. I don't. We don't have that channel, so we got to go figure it out. Um, so where can people find us? Well, they can find us on Instagram at OnTheTestPod. I promise I'm trying to do better to remember to post on there. Uh, at Twitter at OnTheTestPod. Same thing. On uh, Facebook at Facebook.com slash OnTheTestPod. Ditto. And our website, OnTheTestPod.com. Literally haven't touched that in months. It's not that I don't care about these things, but like I said earlier, guys, my free time this week was spent having panic attacks, and that's kind of how it's been for the last few weeks. Yeah. And my free time has been spent, I don't know, just wallowing in the weirdness of the people can take off their masks off world. Yeah. Okay. Far be it from me to disagree with the CDC, except not at all, because they just trusted what schools were saying about the transfer rate and not actually checking. And I can tell you for a fact that schools were lying about their numbers. They're saying you can go anywhere and do anything without a mask if you're vaccinated, but there's no, but you aren't required to show that you're vaccinated and only 35% of the population is. So everybody's just running around without a mask. And I know two people so far who have gotten COVID with, like, after being vaccinated. You can still spread it uh, with, because one got from a vaccinated person. With vaccine, without a vaccine, you're spreading it. Just wear your goddamn mask. You're not, it's not going to hurt you. Mm -hmm. But that's, okay, because those are purely circumstantial and they're, I'm not uh, saying that the anecdotes are evidence. Yeah. I'm saying it's I'm saying it's proof that it can happen, yeah. which we already know. Yeah. 
And since we can't force people to show they've been vaccinated, people who have not been vaccinated are just like, oh, I'll just lie. Yeah, but still get vaccinated because this is a great fact. Out of all of the COVID hospitalizations, zero have been of vaccinated adults. Yes. Yes. And there is zero evidence that it affects fertility in women. Mm -hmm. In men, like, okay, guys, they told us at the beginning that, guys, COVID is showing up in penises. Maybe we should, like, you know, keep an eye on this. And men were like, my penis can survive the COVID. Um, and the vaccine doesn't seem to be affecting the peen as far as I can tell, no. but COVID but COVID can cause erectile dysfunction. Yeah. So, so get, get vaccinated. Your vac- get your vaccine so that your pee-pee works, boys. Well, I guess on that note. <laughs> Class, Class dismissed. dismissed.